Monday, tater tots. <laughs> what? I guess that's what we're rolling with now, tater tots. <laughs> Wickety, welcome back to another episode of Topics of Taboo, the raw and honest podcast where we unpack, educate, and attempt to erase the stigma surrounding taboo topics. I'm your host, Megan Dykeman, and in today's episode, we are talking all things non-penetrative sex and what that looks like. So now we're in December. Uh, where has this year actually gone? Like, what? (laughs) I've been a busy little bee running around getting Christmas presents sorted because I realised that there's only 22 days left until Christmas. Which also means there's only four more episodes of Topics of Taboo left for the year. What? Kinda sad. So, not to get all sappy on y'all, but I would just like to take a minute to thank you all for your support on the podcast thus far. It seriously means the absolute world to me, and it has been far more successful than I thought it would be in such a short amount of time. So, thank you, thank you. If you're loving Topics of Taboo so far, then it would mean the world if you could leave a rating or review. It really helps get this podcast out there to a wider audience, and I love reading your comments and feedback. And by leaving a review, you also go into the running to meet me virtually and have a little chat with me on a solo episode. So that's fun, right? (laughs) And this episode will also feature my second reviewer of the week section where I welcome Rebecca onto the podcast. So definitely listen out for her because she's pretty dang cool. Alrighty. So non-penetrative sex, non-pen, what does that look like? I posed the question, what does non-penetrative sex look like to you on my Instagram? And these were some of your responses. Oral sex and or use of toys externally, fingering and oral, getting turned on and mind fucked, being vulnerable with someone else, grinding, external pleasure, kissing, touching toys, scissoring, big one, nipple play, anything that involves genitals, Naked, making each other feel good, mutual masturbation, clit stim, hand jobs, kissing, and reaching an orgasm in any way. These were the most popular responses to my question, and I agreed with most of them. But I was curious to see what the actual definition of non-pen sex was. So I had a little Google, and this is what I found. So this is what good old Wikipedia says. The wiki definition is... Non-penetrative sex or outer course, which I actually had never heard it being referred to as. Intercourse, outer course, makes sense. So non-penetrative sex or outer course is sexual activity that usually does not include sexual penetration. Then it goes on to say, it generally excludes the penetrative aspects of vaginal, anal or oral sexual activity, but includes various forms of sexual and non-sexual activity, such as frottage, mutual masturbation, kissing, or cuddling. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty sure frottage is like touching or rubbing against someone while you're still clothed, so you still have clothes on. And I found that really interesting. Obviously, neither definition or opinion is right or wrong. So at the end of the day, which is going to be the main theme of this episode, sex is what you define it as, non-pen sex is what you define it as, okay? But Yeah, so it obviously comes down to how you define non-penetrative sex, but I was surprised to see that the wiki definition doesn't include oral sex. I would definitely classify oral sex as non-pen, and so do most of you by the looks of it. 
I think researching the topic of virginity for last week's episode has really got me thinking about the many forms of non-pen sex and that each of these activities can be just as hot and sexy and, you know, intimate. I also really want to perhaps shift the idea or narrative of sex as PNV or as penetrative full stop to an intimate act of vulnerability between two or more humans. Because not everyone can have or does have penetrative sex. Some people can't have penetrative sex, but they can still participate in non-pen forms of sex, including some of the activities that you guys mentioned on Instagram. Back to my point of some people cannot have penetrative sex, I just wanted to briefly mention a few conditions. I feel like they're not spoken about and you never hear about it. I didn't know about these until I started Googling them. So there is a condition known as vaginismus. For some women, the vaginal muscles involuntarily or persistently contract when they attempt vaginal penetration. And this is called vaginismus. The contractions can prevent sexual intercourse or make it very painful. I had no idea that this was even a thing, yet it is affecting women all around the world. Vaginismus can happen as the partner attempts penetration, when a woman inserts a tampon, uh, when a woman is touched near the vaginal area. It can prevent penetration. So this obviously does not only affect a woman's sexual intercourse in terms of penetration but the contraction is actually so aggressive that you cannot even insert a tampon there's actually two types primary vaginismus when vaginal penetration has never been achieved so you've never been able to insert a tampon never had um, a, a penis inside you or a dildo or a sex toy or anything a finger or secondary vaginismus, when vaginal penetration was once achieved but is no longer possible, potentially due to factors such as such as surgery, trauma, or radiation. I also found that there's not always a reason for vaginismus. The condition has been linked to past sexual abuse or trauma, past painful intercourse, and emotional factors. But thankfully, there is a treatment for this condition. You can treat vaginismus with sex therapy and counseling which is obviously recommended if you are listening to this and you are having trouble with penetration if indeed you want to have that sort of sex and it's and you're, you're wondering why you're really comfortable with a partner or um, you're trying to finger yourself or insert a tampon and it's just not working or it's painful or it's just not happening for you then this may be a condition worth looking into this could be what is happening to you um, so yeah, sex therapy and counselling, you can use dilators and of course physical therapy are three of the most popular treatments for that. Along with vaginismus, there are also a few other conditions that can make having sex or penetrative sex difficult or unpleasant. People suffer with endometriosis, pelvic inflammatory disease, retroverted uterus, fibroids, cystitis, irritable bowel syndrome, pelvic floor dysfunction, hemorrhoids, and ovarian cysts. There's actually so many conditions that can make penetrative sex uncomfortable, unpleasant, or somewhat impossible. Women aren't the only people who can have issues with penetrative sex. Men can also experience conditions such as erectile dysfunction, which is when you have difficulty either getting or keeping an erection, which can make penetrative sex difficult. 
premature ejaculation and delayed or inhibited ejaculation are oh, also it? conditions that could hinder an individual's ability or drive to have penetrative sex. If someone's experiencing these conditions, they might feel embarrassed or just not want to do it altogether. Um, so yeah, it is not only women that experience these conditions and issues towards having penetrative sex. Um, on the topic of men and sexual dysfunction and conditions, I did really want to do an episode, dedicate an episode to guys for the men out there that listen to this because I know it's much harder to speak about and it's not spoken about as often within society, but it needs to be. And that's why I would love to do an episode on premature ejaculation or um, erectile dysfunction and those sorts of things. Um, so this is a little call out. If, so if you're a guy out there who has struggled with something like that or know someone who has, you obviously don't have to share their name, but like just talking about their story and things that they've experienced or like that sort of thing, I think it's really good to be open about that. And I think we really need to get that conversation going with males and females because obviously it does affect people. But how often do you hear about this or hear about someone that has it? You can Google it and of course other people are experiencing it. But how often do you hear about it? And it's because it's such a taboo topic. And it's, I guess it's an embarrassing topic, but it doesn't need to be. Because for most of these things, we don't have any control over it. So there is no need to be embarrassed. I understand it could be. And as I do not have a penis, I feel like I can't really talk about it from my own experience or you know, relate to any of that. So if you are listening and you would like to pop on or you know someone who might want to come for would feel comfortable popping onto an episode with me to talk about male sexual dysfunction and things, then send me a message on Instagram. So penetrative sex is not possible for everyone. Luckily, there are so many different ways to have sex. So why are we focused solely on penetrative sex when it's not the only way to be having sex? I popped an ask box up on Instagram too, asking, what do you classify as sex? And these were some of your responses. Touching another person consensually with the intent of pleasure or orgasm. I put that definition there first for a reason because I, yes, queen, you get it. Someone else said, it's anything that you class as doing any deed consensually. It is your choice with what that entails. Mood. Yes, consent is sexy. I love that you're all including that in your definitions. Hello. Um, another person said, any intimate experience between yourself and another human. A moment between two or more people who enjoy each other's bodies and take it further than kissing. Anything where pleasure and any sexual organs are included. That very special eye contact that makes the time stop. Oh, bless. A broad term. It's different for everyone. This is true. However you and your partner classify it. Love that. All types. Sex is sex. And whatever the fuck you want it to be. Completely subjective. And preach. Preach it. Yes. So the common theme there was definitely intimacy. It was awesome to see so many of you responding with very similar answers. And most of them allowed for personal preference. I love that. And, and it left room for whatever you feel like. It's subjective. Which is... Exactly right. Sex is subjective. When I questioned, can sex be non-penetrative? 3,477 of you voted yes, and 90 of you voted no. To which I had a few people message me and say that you accidentally pressed no, because I know I've 
I'm guilty of it. I've done it many times before. If you're just like clicking through stories, you can accidentally click the latter option or the, the option on the right hand side. So a lot of you actually messaged me and said, no, wait, no, no, no. I meant to say yes. So the majority of you get it. You get that there are other ways to have sex and that the narrative surrounding sex in society is somewhat skewed to a heteronormative leaning definition. No surprises there, hey. <laughs> um, I also wanted to talk about foreplay. Because activities such as kissing, touching, oral, etc. can often play a massive role in foreplay. When I asked the question, do you view oral sex, touching, kissing, fingering, which is obviously not non-pen, but just for the purposes of a foreplay aspect, as more than foreplay, or that they can be both aspects of foreplay and sex itself, 2,284 of you voted yes, and 88 of you said no. So, by the looks of it, you're all woke. <laughs> you understand that sex is so much more than penetrative. Intimacy and sex is possible without something physically entering you or vice versa. Non-pen accommodates everyone, which is awesome. Yeah, I think it's time to shift the narrative from sex being this penetrative act. When sex can be anything that you make it. Literally anything. So time for a little shift in focus now to my reviewer of the week section. Woohoo! So this morning I interviewed Rebecca from Liverpool. We chat about what to do when you're questioning your sexuality and different ways to come out when you're ready. Hey Rebecca, welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> so happy to have you here. Did you want to introduce yourself a little bit? So, hi, my name is Rebecca Pierce, and I live in England in a city called Liverpool. That's so cool! <laughs> and what do you do? What Are you studying? Are you at school? Um, yeah, I'm studying music and business and basically the main subjects, English, math and science. Yeah, awesome. That's so cool. And what do you do with your spare time? Mostly just um, extra music work, which yep. goes towards my theory. That's so cool. That's awesome. And what do you hope to do? Like, what's your dream job? Um, when I leave school, I'm probably going to get a PhD with my scientists. Wow. That's awesome. Big aspirations. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you want to hop on the podcast to talk about today? Um, probably um, for the last few months, um, I've been like questioning my sexuality because most of my friends are past the LGBTQ community, yeah. and I'm kind and I keep going on the verge between um, a few different identities. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, what are you feeling at the moment? Um. Well, at the moment, um, it's like on and off. But at the moment, I feel that um, I'm bisexual. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely felt that too. <laughs> it's actually, it's a really tough time. I had someone come to me yesterday and tell me they were bisexual, but they'd only just realised. And it sort of took me back to when I was realising I was because it was just a constant, I don't know, I was just questioning myself constantly. It was all I thought about, all I did um all I researched like I watched a lot of YouTube videos on other bisexuals and how they felt and it like it actually really consumes you yeah it does that a lot too yeah yeah, yeah. 
Is it um, in Liverpool? Is it is like the LGBT community really large? Is it really accepted there, or is it sort of a bit taboo still? Um, I'm not quite sure because um, I think it's a bit of everything because most places are very accepting, yeah. and we every year we've had the pride parades like. I went to the Pride Parade last year and I went with my other friends and we watched the march and we like joined and everything and we like got the flags and started waving them. Cool. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so you have marches and you have okay, cool. So it's kind of like what we have here. That's good. Yeah. Um and what about your family? How's your family in terms of that? Um, I haven't exactly told them yet because, like I said, I'm kind of on the bridge, but I'm not, yeah. Mm -hmm. But how do you think they would, do you think they're really accepting of that? Do they speak about it? Um, Well, like, my mum's kind of brought it up a few times saying that um, she doesn't really careful or just as long as I'm happy well that's good um, that at least you know if if and when you do like sort of figure yourself out your mum will be happy regardless and supportive yeah yeah that's good did you have any like specific questions re-questioning or coming out or anything like that um I'm not quite sure because um as I said I'm kind of questioning so like I'm on the verge and I've kind of told a few people and a few people are kind of curious as well. No, so that th- makes sense. It's a really hard, it is the most confusing situation to be in because when people ask you, you can't give them a solid answer because obviously you're not 100% sure yet. But then it's also like you don't feel as though you're heterosexual or straight or whatever. So you can't say that either. So you're like in between in this like yeah. area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean like at the end of the day it's it's you all that matters is that you're like you know who you are and that might take some time to figure out and whatever but you don't like owe anyone an explanation so yeah yeah just really how to kind of come out because like I said some of my friends are like really supportive but I'm not quite sure about others because um because one of our friends um, has transitioned from um, one gender to be um, a boy and obviously everyone's really happy about that um, because they've had us but I'm not quite sure how to actually tell people yeah okay Um, I think yeah it's differs person to person because as you said you don't know how people are going to react so I think gauging how they would react first so like not necessarily saying how you're feeling or like who you're attracted to but like just gauging how they are around topics that are LGBT like friendly um but then honestly it differs like I came out to different people differently obviously I came out online which was I don't know, a lot of people saw it and then messaged me, so that made it a lot easier. Like <laughs> sort of just, like, sat down and told them. I was like, oh, because I still had a boyfriend at the time of realising. I was like, oh, I'm also, like, into 
girls and they were like oh okay but then like with my mates it was much more casual like it wasn't like a sit down thing it was just like a, oh yeah I'm by now <laughs> and it was just like okay yeah um but it's really what you're comfortable with like you could if you didn't want to tell them in person or like send them a message you could send them a video or a TikTok or a meme like there is so many different ways to do it now you could write yeah I think letters are a really like easy way to get all your feelings out as well um I've kind of done like kind of two subtle ways already I've got like a TikTok on my phone of like um someone yelling and um I dress and like flannels a lot and like I love that (laughs) (laughs) flannels and cuffing your jeans yeah I mean (laughs) I I just searching up on how to like dress the part and kind of figure it out yeah so I started off with that and then I kind of rolled with that that's so cute yeah I mean there's so many (laughs) different ways and I mean like if you're just like blasting girl in red or like <laughs> music like that, it's pretty obvious. But now obviously we can't rely on those, but most of the time, like they're a good, good sign. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I loved having you on and meeting you. I hope I answered your questions as best as I could. And like it provided some insight at least into coming out and like dealing with those yeah. emotions. <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Um, do you have any parting words, anything else that you would like to say to anyone listening? <laughs> Big A do crime. <laughs> the yeah, best mess in the world. Nailed it. <laughs> I love that. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you. <laughs> If you would like to feature on one of my solo episodes too and have a chitty chat with me, all you have to do is leave an Apple podcast review and I may very well pick you. (laughs) I also got a few interesting messages from you guys saying you had participated in sexual activities with a female and a male Um, and even if you had done things with a female first, you counted your first time or losing your virginity... And a lot of you said that you classified the stuff that you did with the guy as losing your virginity, but not with the girl, even if what you did with the girl came first. And I just wanted to clarify here that penetrative sex is in no way, shape or form better or more valid, I guess, as a first time or or in defining sex in any way. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it more valid. Any sexual activity that you do with anyone, the first time you are intimate with someone in any of the ways that we spoke about today, if you perform any of those activities, if you do anything that you feel is intimate and and you're vulnerable in some way with someone that you are not with anyone else, that is sex. In my opinion, it can differ for you. But if you're saying like, I never classified this as this, or I classified my first time with a guy because... I mean, society has really forced that heteronormative idea onto us. And I get that um, because I felt the same for the longest time. But now I'm sort of waking up and realizing, hang on a minute, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, what is the difference between me being intimate and fully vulnerable and everything with a girl than with a guy? There is absolutely no difference. But I did receive so many messages from you guys saying, I've done, I've had sex with both men and women, but I counted my first time as the one with the man. And I'm like, what? And I was just confused as to why. Um, But I guess society plays a massive role in that. 
But yeah, if I had been intimate, my first intimate experience ever was with a guy. Um, and he will remain who I classify as my first time. But if my first intimate moment was with a woman, then I would classify that as my first time. But yeah, but as always, it is entirely up to the individual. And yeah, but I just wanted to make note that penetrative sex is in no way, shape or form a more valid form of sex, a better form of sex. It's subjective. It's up to the individuals to define. Um, and sex is sex. I feel like I've said that so much throughout this season that I need to get it on merch or something. Sex is sex, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, tater tots, that brings me to the end of today's episode on non-penetrative sex. Be sure to follow Topics of Taboo on Instagram if you would like to message me or get involved in any of the episodes or have any feedback or suggestions for me. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Thanks a milli for listening. And as always, I'll chat to you on next week's episode. Bye.